Vegas residency going man it's been freaking awesome uh you know we uh we knew we were gonna have five shows in the same venue so we wanted to really put some work into digging into our catalog and being able to really uh bring back some songs that we haven't played in many years and spice up each set a little differently so uh do you play a different set every night or have you swapped up the songs throughout it so far? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We've got uh, three. Whoa. <laughs> oh, shit. Oops. Woo. Hey, sorry, guys. <laughs> awesome. Hey, we're live, people. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. We've got, the, you know, the six or eight definite hit songs, quote unquote, big video single hits that we had in the 80s you know like modern day cowboy love song the fan favorites you know what you give signs love song and um little susie's another one we played those every night but then we rotate it like we opened up with lady luck which is uh, a song we haven't played since 1989 uh we opened our first show with that our second show, we opened up with Change in the Weather, which we haven't played since 1992. Uh, we dug deep and got a, a song off our first album called We're No Good Together, which oh, is yeah. a real soulful R&B sounding song that really showcases Jeff's voice. Right. Uh, you know, And how lucky you are, man, you know, that Jeff Keith looks and sounds the same as you do. It's pretty remarkable, I have to say, that you guys look the same as you did in 1986 you guys sound as good as you did then oh, my dude. my first i know i came up and told you this once at the, i saw you at the nam show like eight eight years ago and i ran up and fanboyed out and had to tell you hey frank i'm eric from steven Piercy's band and i just want to tell you that tesla's the first band i ever saw in an arena you know and it was opening for def leppard and that was my first experience, like in an in an arena, seeing rock bands. Was seeing you. Oh, that's cool, man! Thanks, Eric. What do you, What do you remember about that tour? Like it was in the round. Like you must have been ecstatic to be, have been offered that back then. Yeah, that was the one of the first uh, in the round in the center of the arena type. Yeah, tours that happened that was the brainchild of peter minch who uh peter minch is a legendary manager who uh, managed acdc during the back in black era and 
him and his partner, Cliff Bernstein, had a company called Q Prime. And uh, they were genius managers, man. They were really responsible for a lot of the things that pushed us uh, as a young band to, uh, for example, they, you know, they would listen to our demos that we would make and really be critical and tell us, hey, guys, this song sucks. This song is great. We want to hear more of that. And, you know, would, would give us the philosophy of make a great album from start to finish. Every song, all killer, no filler. So going back to that, to their ideas about being in the round, um, you know, they helped us come up with the five-man acoustic jam thing. Um, you know, we were young, man. I was only 19 at the time. So... I, I was talented. I was young and crazy on a guitar and wrote songs, but I didn't have any vision or anything. They had the vision. They were the driving, you know, visionaries of what we were doing. And me personally, I was just so young, just going along with it and freaking playing my guitar, you know? Yeah. Well, my memory was, uh, yeah, it was in the round. Now, what was awesome about that is usually, unless you have a lot of money. Tangent, I'm told a different subject. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, it was in the round and it was freaking huge. And we were on tour with Def Leppard for a year. Uh, right. we, went, we went to Europe with them and it wasn't in the round. And then we came back to the States and hysteria hadn't quite broken yet. And Peter Minch had the idea of doing an in the round thing. And I'll get I'll, I'll let you speak. But what you were asking me, what do I remember? I remember right. the stage riser went down completely flat. And they gave us the whole stage. And we ran around that thing like crazy. It's we a lot to do. You have to tend to, you have to, well, it moves throughout the show, but I don't think it moved for you guys. You had to like just deal with it the way it was, right? You had to like. Well, we dealt with it, but they lowered the, they had a ramp in the middle and they lowered it down completely flat. It was hydraulic. And they gave us the complete flat whole giant stage they didn't limit us at all they said go right. crazy guys have fun with this and you so, came out i remember you guys played coming at you live i remember because the lights go down in the arena and and you guys came out and you had your hair like actually up in hats yeah like, now almost like in disguise i was like whoa yeah. wait what's going on yeah and then but then all of a sudden pow, pow, by the time of the chorus like all this big hair there they were, Frank Hannon and Tommy Skeel, baby. And we all knew who you were. I mean, with MTV back then, that's the only way that was even possible, you know? Oh, uh, Modern Day Cowboy, all those songs. Man, that was such a great era. Uh, you know, Headbangers Ball, MTV yes. playing um, metal music and rock music, you know. Uh, yeah, it was a great era. And we had already done a tour with David Lee Roth on the Eat Him and Smile tour. Wow, uh, which was so huge at the time. I mean, and again, I was so young; it was just it was mind blowing. So, but so now I, I had worked a job as a as a as a trash uh, guy picking up junk off of construction sites, picking up you know lumber and sheetrock debris and taking it to the dump. That was my job. And Modern Day Cowboy was on the radio. And I was going to the dump. <laughs> and that's because our manager, again, Peter Minch and Cliff Bernstein, those managers decided to wait and put us on the arena tour 
on Modern Day Cowboy, which ended up being the David Lee Roth tour. And as soon as we got that phone call, man, I quit that job so quick. It was, <laughs> they were throwing sheetrock at me. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, they all knew it. I mean, when you when your band's on the radio and you're at work, they knew you were going to be a star. <laughs> yeah, they well, they were making fun of me, but it was you know it was it was a great era, man. And uh, so yeah, you had heard of us from Headbangers Ball, huh? Well, yeah, I mean, back at uh, the time we used to have Rock one hundred two point one before it was Rock one hundred five three here in San Diego, and uh, I, Little Susie was the first song I remember on the radio. But yeah. on Headbangers Ball, Modern Day Cowboy was the first one I remembered. And for me, not having a lot of money myself, I would have to tape this stuff off the radio with either a cassette tape. If you guys were on, I did uh, buy Mechanical Resonance. That was one of the few albums, LPs I was able to get. And I did buy Great Radio Controversy. I saw the uh, opening for Def Leppard. And then on um, Great Radio uh, Controversy, I saw you guys with Great White. I think in kicks maybe. Yeah. Uh, I was in the front row for that. I, I remember I pulled a, a guitar pick off of Brian wheat's bass that I probably still have around here somewhere, <laughs> but now tell me about like your instruments because you've always had such a great, you know, rock tone playing Gibson's and it's like, you always knew what the good gear was like, what's your history with guitar equipment and how did you even obtain some of that stuff? I saw you with back then. Well, uh, uh, yeah, we were, when I was in, you know, a kid, uh, my first guitar that I saved up for was a, uh, was a Strat, a 78 Strat. I bought it in, in, in 78. It was used at the time and I had a Sears Silvertone amp and I blew that amp up really quickly, turning it up too loud. I was playing a gig at the Moose Lodge when I was 12. Um, but man, I just had the dream of getting a Marshall head, you know, that was a kid, every kid's dream at that time. And, uh, I was taught really early to, to if you want something, you had to work for it because my family was pretty poor. So, uh, my stepdad taught me to push a lawnmower around and, and I had a paper route for a while and I just worked, I would work and work and save my money. And, and, uh, uh, got my hands on a, uh, an SG. And I had a washburn and I just was always, you know, really interested in trying to get the best gear possible at a young age. Um, you know, um, SG was a good guitar. I remember being able to score one for about 900 bucks back in the nineties, even used of course, but like in great condition Yeah, where this was, now it's just unobtainable for most kids to own a Gibson. Yeah, no, this was back in like 82 and I got an SG for like 250 bucks at a pawn shop. There was pawn shops downtown Sacramento I used to go to. Um, but uh, I've always really loved, you know, Jimmy Page and Led Zeppelin and the different guitars. Every guitar has a different sound. So, um, I remember the first time I ever got a Telecaster, man. I just loved the way that sounded. I recorded on the Tesla's first album a lot of songs with a Telecaster because it, it's got a certain sound that you can't get from any other guitar. And then, you know, of course, back then, uh, the Eddie Van Halen, Floyd Rose stuff was really popular. So uh, I had uh, gotten a Warmoth guitar kit and put it together. and Right. Yeah, yeah, I've always dabbled with all kinds of different things and just uh 
put the work and effort into doing it. You know, I don't know. You earned it. You earned it. But like, from what I'm hearing, man, there was some pretty extraordinary deals you could get back then. Had you known you could have like bought more stuff back then just to hang on to, cause it's obviously exponentially increased in value since then. You probably still have some, most of your guitars. Funny story. Uh, you know, uh, when Guns N' Roses came out and uh, Alan Niven, their manager uh, bought the Les Paul for Slash and you know slash changed the world with that man that when that les paul was on sweet child of mine and welcome to the jungle that all of a sudden les paul's became popular again right well that les paul when we would go to la uh before alan niven bought it for slash i used to look at it it was hanging on the wall and uh, guitars are us and the guy told me that it wasn't really a Gibson. It was it was a, a Mondo or something. It was a copy that a guy had made to look exactly like a '59 Les Paul because back then, '59 Les Pauls were really hard to find. They didn't make reissues of them. Gibson right. hadn't discovered the whole craze of of uh, reissues and historic models and all that yet. And in fact, in 1980, 1982, 83, Gibson guitars was hurting because eddie van halen was popular and kramer and charvel and jackson and mm -hmm. all that stuff was really popular and gibson's weren't really very popular but you know guys that loved classic rock like me or right. uh, you know steve clark from def leppard he loved gibson's and so uh i was always a fan of of jimmy page or or uh you know angus with the acdc uh with the oh yeah so uh I would drool over that Les Paul and, and, and wanted to get it. And then one day it was gone and I didn't get it. And then I uh, went and saw Guns N' Roses playing at the Roxy and Slash was playing it. And man, he made history with it. So I'm sure glad he right. got it. <laughs> so do you think that's why it sounds like a kazoo? Do you think it sounds like a kazoo because it's not a Gibson? <laughs> oh, so um, I'm not really breaking any secrets i think you know people in the guitar community know about that story about it being a, right. a, a recreation uh of a historic i mean it's just a beautiful sunburst reissue of a 1959-60 style les paul right and so with you it, i'm sorry go ahead oh i was gonna ask it now you you actually there there is like a les paul sg that I think you have, right? It's actually would be considered a Les Paul, but it's that SG shape. Yeah. But, you know, when they first invented the SG, they were calling it the Les Paul right. at the time. And then they changed mm -hmm. it to SG because Les himself didn't like the guitar and wanted his name taken off of it. Yeah, it's a trip. I love it. It's beautiful. Like you said, Angus Young's probably the, uh, the first guy. Later, I would see Jimmy Page uh playing it as well it to me it's like a beautiful female just the, sh the shape really of it curves to it my favorite and, player is uh frank marino from mahogany rush yeah now i did notice at this residency tell me if i'm not mistaken you're wearing a pair of pants that were definitely inspired by jimmy page <laughs> <laughs> you know, black bell bottoms you had some page pants on man it was cool I can dig it. We love Piercy Band. We love Led Zeppelin. Those guys really, I mean, I always loved Led Zeppelin. 
obviously I'm 50. They've been around my whole life, but those guys got me back into it being that they're even, you know, 15 years older than me. That's all we listen to out on the road. So I really got a Jimmy page myself. I do some of the moves. I do like the, you know, yeah, get go oh, yeah. out. And, oh on. yeah. He did that thing with his hands where he'd be all woo with the theremin and Woo-hoo. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, that song remains the same movie. You know, when we were kids, man, it was playing at the midnight movie theater and every weekend we'd go to that, you know, how about great. when the West was one? When the West was one came out on yeah. uh, DVD, we all bought a copy that day. We had like five copies of that going around the bus, but it was so phenomenal to see like some uh, different shots of that show, the Madison Square Garden show that were never seen. It was like so cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, you music of the seventies in general. Uh, we're we're very lucky. I feel very lucky to have been a kid during that era. era and uh, I did a little tribute uh, epitaph uh, thing about Gary Rosington a couple of days after he passed away. I was asked to tell some stories about how I felt about Gary. And uh, I was talking about the 70s and the airwaves, man. The radio, FM radio was so great. I mean, you would hear Frampton Comes Alive. You would hear slow ride by fog hat then you would hear Freebird, and then you would hear you know dream weaver by gary wright i mean the music was <laughs> right. so good Say, well, you, guys are doing a residency now. you guys are doing a residency now you announced another one for later in the year is this kind of like the future of of tesla or what do you what's your plans going down the road Hey, what's going on? We haven't heard from you yet. You're telling me I'm sitting here like trying to get a word in. This is our buddy Seth. So you know what's going on, Frank. Chris Aiken, our fearless leader, fell ill. So, but this was such a huge show for us tonight. We had Kip Winger on tonight. We had you on tonight, and we had the show had to happen. And we were we were fortunate that Seth, who has a show on our network. Uh, was able to step in for Chris. So this is Seth, Seth, Frank Hannon. I saw you back at the MGM in Cleveland, Ohio, a few months back. And it was a fucking amazing show. But I know that you guys, I think, are coming back sometime this year. But then you have another residency. What You guys going to keep touring? What's the deal? Oh, yeah, man. We're. I mean, I think the part of your question was, is, is that the future of Tesla? I mean, you know, I don't know what the future holds, man. All I know is is that Tesla is more productive now than ever. We just came out with a, a, a lyric video and a new single for a song called Time to Rock, which is really edgy. Uh, we're producing our, ourselves now after going through so many different producers and situations. Now we're totally independent. Uh, we just produced a recording of... Um, a live album that's coming out this Memorial Day weekend recorded at Full Throttle Saloon in, in at Sturgis last year. Right. And it sounds great. It's got all our heavy tracks, like Miles Away on it. It's just really pounded. Uh, Brian Wheat mixed it, and I, I kind of produced it with my ideas. And so we work together. Brian Wheat and myself are working together more now. We've always worked together, but now it's just on 10 man i mean we produced cold blue still i saw you played that video just a minute ago right which i directed so we are we're hands-on uh the residency is just one little thing we're coming back in october we're really excited because we sold this one out they've invited us back 
We're doing Monsters of Rock Cruise. Uh, By the way, I'm doing the Monsters of Rock Cruise too, bro. <laughs> All right. Saxon couldn't be there. And so Stephen Piercy band is pulling in, which of course I'm his longtime guitarist. I get, this is the first cruise I've ever been on in my life. So I definitely wanted to ask you oh, what, yeah. I, what I should expect. I mean, is this a fun time for you? I know you've done the, the cruise many times. It is a great time. Um, it, it, you know, be prepared that you're, it's going to be 24 seven, bro. Thousands of people in your face. You can't, you can't leave your room without walking to one bar or to the next lounge or stage after it's just, it is constant, man. There's music. There's one show in the theater going on, and then you go to the to the balcony, and there's a show playing out on the deck at the pool. It's freaking awesome. You're gonna love it. It got me out of the doghouse, as I was saying. Like, you know, it's tough being a music man, having relationships. I have my share of troubles with my lady, but when this cruise thing came up, all those went by the wayside. She is like, you get to bring a guest on this when you're in the band. Yeah, and so I'm bringing my lady on this. She's bought all these outfits. She's <laughs> like, she's so excited about this. She's like counting down the days. I just know we got to play, I think at least like two concerts, right? That happened. I guess they're a couple days apart. Yeah. 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 So you'll be out there with Steven Piercy, huh? That's great news, man. Well, I look forward to hanging right. with you. And I'm I'm so excited. Obviously, your band. I'll be at both shows, of course. But I, I'm a little weird. I might I might have to disguise myself to kind of like walk around the place. I was watching on YouTube. Uh, I was telling because Kip's going to be there too. Our guest earlier, Kip Winger. Uh, but I was telling him that on YouTube, there's Monsters of Rock videos that you can kind of get a vibe of what what's gone on in past years. But I noticed poor Sebastian Bach was like at the bar trying to get a drink and you just see fans just one after the other, just poking the guy, poking the guy, poking the guy. Oh, yeah, it's it's like, oh. For, you know, you, you get hungry at two in the morning and you go down to the buffet and it's just packed in there. Everyone's eating after partying all night. And it's like a nonstop 24 seven party. Um, you know, we've done a ton of them and we we've I, I used to play extra shows and do my solo things and play acoustic and do all this crazy stuff um now after doing so many of them i'm probably only going to just do tesla and that's it and tesla only plays a theater now we don't do these outdoor pool shows anymore man i'll tell you a story we were playing on the pool and the sea wind the ocean wind was blowing so hard our marshall stacks got knocked over the oh. sim and went flying the lights are swinging like this, you know, it was crazy. So hopefully you're not going to be playing out at the pool too much in the middle you're of the You're giving me right? Titanic vibes, Frank. <laughs> yeah, I'm seeing a Titanic behind you there. What's going on with that? Saken <laughs> wasn't feeling so good. And he went to the back of the ship and because of his weight, it kind of made the whole thing just. Oh, come on, <laughs> man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so Seth, what about you, man? Are you going to be on Monsters of Rock Cruise? Buddy? Man, I wish I could get on something like that. God, man, I did rock radio for over a decade, and I I deserve a cruise like that. Seth, it's guess how, how much the tickets are. Cruises. I, I was going to ask, how, how do people get on these things? It's expensive, dude. Like, it's, uh, I think, close to $2,000 a head oh, for, like, wow. fans to go. And they, but they're, like, so into it. They The same people go on this every year, and they're, like, a... Almost like a I mean, cult in a way. Yeah, it sounds amazing though. I mean, it does. I mean, how I many? How cool could it be being with all you guys and party? I mean, I was telling Eric earlier, man. 
Me, I'm a fan guy. I'm a huge fan of you. I'm a huge fan of Tesla. My wife and I are songless to you guys. And Love like, song. It was cool. their wedding song. So really? I mean, yeah, yeah. Yes, and, you know, we got married in Vegas. I mean, you know, so we, you know, she's an old '80s rocker and, and loves that kind of stuff, and so am I. And it's just cool being able to talk to you. But being on a cruise like that seems like fucking amazing. It just does. I mean, it's, yeah. Well, yeah. That's cool. Great, great bands playing one after. Yeah. And imagine like being at a Rocklahoma or an M3 festival, but you're out on a ship and it's just nonstop, you know? Like I will that. say this, though. I, I do miss, uh, you know, you guys did come to the MGM and you guys are one of the few bands I've actually seen come around and not play these big, huge festivals. I wish rock music and rock radio would do more stuff like that, have you know, bands playing local clubs and bands playing gigs around well they don't they don't happen all the time in ohio but i mean just this year i think i've been on the we've been on the same bill as tesla for at least a couple festivals already i mean they do happen but uh as you said sometimes it's in sturgis and places like that uh where you played is the only place to play the full throttle full throttle saloon don't bother playing anywhere where else we always (laughs) end up at some other campground and no one's there and i got bugs flying in my mouth and it's just depressing. <laughs> yeah, Full Throttle's great, man. And Jesse and the crew out there, man, they're rock and rollers. But that, did I tell you? So our new album is called Full Throttle Live. And it's right. recorded there. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it's really rocking. I'm really proud of it. And on there is going to be a bonus track that we recorded in my garage live of an old Aerosmith song called SOS Too Bad. And we're, we, uh, we're playing that in our show now, and it's just so much fun, man. Hell yeah. Instagram page or Tesla Instagram, you can see a piece of us playing. And uh, Jeff Singer, man, he's like, he's like Steven Tyler's little steps child. <laughs> I was telling Seth that, I, you know, I did get to meet Jeff before. And would you agree that he's what you see on stage is him a hundred percent. Like he's the same, he's the same way, like off the stage. He's just always, he's, he's got oh, so much energy all very, the time. He wiry little guy, man. No doubt. <laughs> Love him though. All you guys are so personable and cool. So I could see that the monsters of rock cruise is, is, has been a special time. will continue to be a special time. And we're blessed to be able to keep doing this, you know. We are, man. We certainly are. I mean, I, I never imagined, I never thought 40 years ahead, you know, uh, back when we were talking about that leopard tour and I was only 19. And, you know, I'm, I'm in my late 50s now, but I feel younger than ever. And one of the other keys, and I don't want to get on a preaching trip, but one of the other keys, you talk about Tesla sounding good these days, is because we cut the, the booze and the bullshit, the drugs mm-hmm. and everything out. We've cut all that out. And it, you know, it enables us to really focus on the music and to feel good. We're not like fighting hangovers in the show anymore. Right. So sobriety on, on the road really has uh, helped us a lot. Piercy's not drank in a, in a good couple of years now. And to be supportive, we initially stopped drinking for that reason around him. But I found that I'm the same way. Like I don't drink on at any of the Piercy shows to be honest, because we have such like weird schedules. I couldn't imagine having to, you know, get up three hours of sleep to catch a flight or these things and being hung over. Like those uh, days are over, man. I've done that so many times, you know, and so many times. And I feel like, you know, we're in the last quarter of our career and I want it to be the best it can be. 
And so I don't miss the, the feeling of drinking or being hungover or having regrets or any of that bullshit that goes along with it, you know? Right. And you never took that on stage though, man. Tesla has always delivered. Uh, and, you know, even with the lineup changes, it's the, the band's super solid. Uh, tell us about Dave Rude. I mean, he's the, he's the latest, not the latest, the drummer change is probably the latest change you guys have had going on. But tell us about the new guys and how they fit into all this. Well, uh, yeah, um, the three original guys, me and Brian started the band and then Jeff came and he's been with us. You know, Jeff, Brian and myself are the three original core members of Tesla. And that goes to songwriting um, from the beginning. You know, I mean, Tommy played a big part in the songwriting as well. You know, but yeah, Dave's been with us, gosh, 17 years now, I think. I, I'm not, it's been, it seems like, you know, yesterday when I found him on MySpace. <laughs> <laughs> I forget because he, he, he has a vibe similar, you well, know. He, like so, Tommy, Tommy was a natural rock star, very right. And Dave is that way, just a natural. They are very similar. They're cut from the same cloth, right? So I think that's why I didn't notice for so long. Natural groove. And I looked, I auditioned a bunch of guys for a few years and in hopes that Tommy would get it together. But that's another story. But I looked and looked and looked. And when I found Dave and we played together, it's all in the, you're a guitar player, you know, it's all in that right hand and the feel of the rhythm. Rhythm guitar is the most important. I don't care how, how much noodling you can do. If you can't play rhythm guitar, then forget it. And Dave, right. the rhythm guitar parts perfect. From day one, I knew he was the guy to fill the shoes and he looks great. And overall, the most important thing is having a positive, refreshing attitude and he's got that. And that's what Steve Brown has. Positive energy, positive attitude, an amazing drummer. And uh, he is Mick Brown's little drummer. So, I mean, little brother. Mick little Brown's brother, right. And I, I just learned that like maybe a month ago. I didn't even know he had a brother, but he does. And the dude rocks. Well, you probably don't know this either, but Mick Brown and George Lynch are from Northern California mm -hmm. up by Sacramento, which is where we're from. And they moved to L.A. and became famous in Dawkins. But before that, they lived up in Northern California. And little Stevie Brown is his younger brother. He used to come hang out at the clubs. And I've known him forever. So he's been a member of our Tesla fam family for a long time. He's played shows with us off and on when, Tes when Troy couldn't make it. So he was the logical, uh, perfect match for uh the job and he does a great job man he just drives the band great energy you know as good if not better than his brother on drums so yeah great. that's so cool i'm so happy that you guys are able to run on all cylinders it's amazing i'm super excited uh, about monsters of rock as i said i'll be right there for those shows even if i don't plays i'll definitely come out to watch tesla play well yeah let's i hope to run into you and i'll come check you out now that uh i know you're uh in steven's band man and i know you guys like to rat and roll man come on oh hell yeah rat was a huge influence on tesla i mean we're talking about yeah. 1982 and the twin guitar band vibe trading solos the That's song right. round and round is a freaking masterpiece a, wa a wanted man uh right. Back for more. I mean, that acoustic guitar and all that. I mean, you guys did similar, like augmented chords on like modern day cowboy and things like that. Had the, yeah, that, those that, vibes. That was us, Night Ranger, 
you know, all that early 80s, man. Randy Rhodes was a huge influence. Quiet Riot, man. We used to play all that stuff when we were kids, you know. So uh, I'd love to come hear you play. And uh, now, Seth, are you in Las Vegas? Is that the vibe I'm picking up on? No, man. I'm in Cleveland, Ohio, of all places. <laughs> okay. He's in East Palestine. You might have heard of it. <laughs> About an hour from East Palestine, you know, but you know, Cleveland, you know, home of rock and roll, the rock and roll of fame city. You know, and- According to Huey Lewis. Oh, in Ohio. Um, I just played a show in Ohio, an acoustic show. I love Ohio. Yeah. And you guys played at the MGM Casino, and it was a, it was an amazing show. Um, the only thing I don't like about like the casino show, you are on for like half hour 35 minutes because they want you to quit playing so everybody right. goes and spends their money at the freaking casino so you know i would love to be on that ship i'd love to be seeing you guys but you guys do a hell of a show and a good job and you know it's been it's, it's tesla's been a band that puts on a long show yeah like you guys have done there's what's the longest gig tesla's played like a four-hour show or something right i mean yeah we used to do that uh we used to play a uh, uh extended stuff and we would open our show with war pigs and you know we we'd do two two and a half three hour sets um but we you know we're older now man we got to pay that's for right the crowds are older it's not even you guys you know it's like the crowds are older and you have to take that in consideration like they can't a lot of them can't stand for more than an hour <laughs> you know that seems to be our sweet spot for, you know at piercy shows even we're, we're supposed to play like 75 minutes but we just we just come in and god 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 we just give them like a good hour of rat ass kicking. Get out, out. Yeah, make the crowd want more, man. You want them to, you know, keep, keep wanting more. That's right. And we're going to give them more on the Monsters of Rock cruise. So if, I think there's some tickets left for this. For more. more. You sail away. You're back for more. You guys better post some videos, man. I want to see some videos of this stuff that goes on in that cruise. Oh, that's all people do is post videos from that thing. I hope they don't get a video of my wig blowing off out there if we have to play <laughs> on the deck. I want to be in the theater with Tesla. On that. Who's playing bass in your band? Uh, currently, we have Matt Thorne, who was the bassist in Rough Cut. He was actually the original bassist in Mickey Rat when Jakey Lee was in the band. Hey, I just and- saw Jakey Lee at the Tesla show Saturday night. He was at the House of Blues. He came and saw. Hell yeah. We were having some great conversations about Badlands and how we toured together with Great White back in 1990 when Tesla was headlining arenas. And uh, and, uh, I I don't know if it was that tour or it might have been the doubleheader tour with Great White when Badlands was opening for us. And uh, it was great to see Jake again. And we talked about Rat and Warren Martini and George Lynch and we're mm-hmm. having a great conversation. All the West Coast rockers, which, you know, we owe a, a, gratitude, a gratitude. Yeah, we hung out with Sebastian Bach the other day. That was really cool. He came to our show, and then he invited us uh, uh, to go record store shopping with him. And we went to a vinyl store here in Las Vegas with Sebastian Bach, and that was really fun, man. What a great guy. Dude, let's <laughs> go get some records, dude. Yeah, man, look at that. <laughs> he's, a, he's a big fan, obviously, you know, as most people know. Sebastian Bach is probably the biggest fan uh, slash rock star. So. He is. He's, he loves it, man. He loves Kiss, I'll tell you that. He's a Kiss-tard, big time. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> Good stuff, Frank. Well, thank you so much, my brother, yeah, for brother. coming on and sharing stories with us. Uh, it meant a lot. Our, our show has taken on a whole new legitimacy today with well, Hip so. Winger and Frank yeah. Hannon on here. Come oh, yeah. on. Well, I don't deserve it, but thank you. Um, and thank you, all you Tesla fans, for listening to our songs. And, you know, if I do have any pride in, in this craziness it's it's in the songs i'm i'm proud of the songs that we wrote because jeff keith our singer kept it real from his heart and uh i'm proud of our songs and i'm i'm really happy to still be able to play them live and and do what we're doing we're proud of you man your tesla's like our peter frampton of our my generation you <laughs> absolutely know I mean? mine too ah, so. <laughs> all right thank you brother skinner <laughs> that's right <laughs> All right, Frank. Frank. You take care, buddy. And thank you so much for coming on. Thanks, man. (laughs) Good dude. Wow. uh, Do you want to wrap it up now? I guess. Yeah, we're 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 about that about that time, man. But we need to take a minute to reflect on today's show because that was pretty fantastic. I mean, not as fantastic as it would have been if Chris Aiken showed up to the Chris Aiken show. Yeah, you know, I'm sorry yeah. if I, you know, if I didn't hang like a, like Chris, I apologize. I told him I did not. No, really you totally hung. And how yeah. cool is Frank? He cared about you, he's man. Good, he was he's like, good dude. <laughs> he's like, enough with you, man, Mohawk boy. He's like, how about this man over here with the strap behind? Man, him? I wanted to like, in, in, you know, ask some stuff, but you guys are on a roll about the guitars. And dude, for me, right. again, hearing that kind of stuff is like cool because that's dude, kind of I could have talked to that guy to for like. I could have talked to him for like five hours, but I mean, we generally wrap it up at the two hour mark. We know it's, you know, the keeping the attention spans of our listeners is challenging, but you did great. And you got to divulge to him that love song is you and your ladies song, man. I mean, he cared about that, but I appreciate you having me on and, and, you know, being here with you. It was a good time. And, you know, again, for me, it's cool listening to you talk to a guy like that about the, inside the inner workings of being you know a rock guy dude being a rock star and hearing about the guitars and that kind of stuff is stuff that people don't normally get to hear you know they get to hear the fluff stuff of so how'd you become tesla you know they don't get to hear the the cool shit about playing guitar and and yeah that's that's good stuff i I really appreciate letting me in tonight so thank you yeah absolutely man we're happy to have you and uh we of course wish chris aiken a speedy recovery Yes, indeed. I'm sure you'll be seeing him uh, on his various shows on the CMS this week and then Saturday night classic metal show with Neely. And on Monday, we'll catch back up. We'll be sure to let everybody know uh, who the guests are and be sure to hit the like button tonight and subscribe to Chris Aiken Presents and all the shows on the including seth let's talk about your show real quick when, when when can they watch you monday and wednesday nights five to seven monday and wednesday night five to seven eastern time 5 p.m to 7 p.m facebook youtube cms network of course is where you want to be watching the show because it's a double uh, dose know. yep so we're having a good time doing it. it's a lot of a, a lot of everything you know we get guys on rock stars having a good time with the chris lends us at times and we i was politics. on i know you were you were and you were great i we had a flat about, earth behind me we talked <laughs> flat earth we talked climate change we talked politics we talked entertainment we talked a little bit of everything today so, you got to see some pieces of the firmament i yes indeed that i had i mean that's pretty see? dope <laughs> 
<laughs> Behold, pieces of the firmament from the sky in go. my hand. <laughs> See, there's uh, a lot of people who don't believe. I do. Well, you know what's interesting about, you know, people use that metaphor about a glass ceiling, right? Yes. Now, glass could seem fragile, but also glass could be impenetrable, you know, Absolutely. like bulletproof glass, perhaps. But what's most interesting is glass is made of what? Sand, surprisingly. So there you have it. See, there you thoughts have it, as we uh, end things tonight. So thanks again for having me. More on. More you know, no one's half the battle. <laughs> Yo, Joe. See, we Yo, are the Joe. same age, man. <laughs> That's right. All right, everybody. Well, thanks for tuning in. We will see you next week on Chris Aiken Presents. See ya. See ya.